Calusa Waterkeeper has a new executive director. Before joining the environmental nonprofit, Tricia Boddy served as head of social impact and connectivity at the Southwest Florida Community Foundation's Collaboratory in downtown Fort Myers. Her professional background includes positions in government, philanthropy, organized labor, and nonprofits in the D.C. metro area, upstate New York, and here in Southwest Florida. She's replacing Casey Schulberg, who wants to engage in a number of new adventures, including political activity and filmmaking projects. I spoke with Tricia on Monday. Let's hear that now. Tricia Boddy is the new executive director of Calusa Waterkeeper. Tricia, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Mike. I'm so glad to be here. Uh, weigh in on our conversation using WGCU social media. Find us on Facebook. We're at WGCU Public Media. On Twitter, we're at WGCU using the hashtag GCL. So tell us just a bit about yourself and your background and what you did before you were at uh, the Collaboratory, which is where you were most recently, I, I understand. Yeah, yeah. So um, before uh, taking this role as executive director, I did work at Collaboratory, um, and I had the honor and privilege of working with many of the nonprofits in our community. And prior to that, um, I actually worked up in upstate New York. Um, I worked for the New York State Attorney General. Um, I did governmental affairs um, for the for that uh, AG. I've also worked um, for labor um, and organized labor. I did a lot of uh, political work um, as well as some communications there. And I did some work in D.C. working for nonprofits, um, as well as another labor group, and I worked on the Hill. So I've got a really roundabout version of a career of working in government, working in labor, working in nonprofits. So, you know, taking a new leadership role at a nonprofit is really just kind of another step, a part of the the puzzle of, of creating impact. Has any of your previous work uh, been directly related to environmental issues? You know, um, in, in some capacity, yeah. So when I worked um, in law enforcement with the attorney general's office, there was there was quite a bit of work um, that we did with litigation and whatnot um, concerning environmental stuff. But directly impacted, no. Um, I will say, though, um, it's been something I've done on the side uh, and, a, and a huge passion for me, actually, when I first moved down here from upstate New York. The way I got involved was in 2018 when um, the Blue Green Algae and Red Tide took a kind of double whammy on us. And I started working with a local organization, kind of like a grassroots uh, group of people in the city of Cape Coral who were really concerned. Um, and from there, I met many of people, including John Cassani, um, Dan and Chris at Captains for Clean Water, um, as well as other people. And that's really where I started getting to know people in the community. And that's how I found my way to Collaboratory. How long have you been in Southwest Florida? It's a great question, Mike. And actually, I believe this past week would have been five years, I think I moved down. Okay. I was going to ask if you had worked with like Captains for Clean Water, um, and you presumably have because what you just said, have you also worked with like Sanibel Captiva Conservation Foundation or the Coastal and Heartland National Estuary Partnership? Yeah, so when I worked at the when I worked at Collaboratory, uh, the Sanibel Sea School, which now is including with SCCF, they were one of our grantees. So I have worked alongside with Ryan and some of his team members. You know, um, I was reading the release they sent out, and it says Calusa Waterkeeper President Jim Watkins is quoted as saying, "We are excited about her vision to grow the organization's reach and capacity as we look to expand our staff and leadership team." So. Can you give us a sense of what your vision is to grow Calusa Waterkeeper's reach and capacity? Yeah, that's a great question, Mike. You know, I've been um, 
I've been watching for some time uh, around nonprofits and especially a lot of my work when I did with collaboratory about building infrastructure and organizational capacity for nonprofits to do the work that they're intended in their missions. You know, I've seen that there's been, you know, a lot of organizations that have great missions and in, in, in a tremendous amount of efforts. Unfortunately, the organization doesn't have the ability to implement that desired change because they don't have the capacity or the organizational strength to do that. You know, that means humans, right? Enough people to staff to do the work um, or they're, you know, they're lacking some resources, some funding. So a lot of my focus um, in, in how I talked to the board when we, we started having conversations about me coming on as the executive director, I indicated to them that if we, we as an organization have such great rich work, right? We are, we are a scientific backed organization. You know, we're really providing the data for the policymakers to make decisions. We've got a great network of people who are very passionate, who live here and, and want to participate you know, and having a vibrant economy. And I said to them, I go, the way we do that is to build an infrastructure of this organization so that it works and it is effective and is allowed to get that desired change we want. You know, I'm not a huge fan of doing the same thing and expecting different results over and over again. So, you know, we're going to make some tweaks. We're going to do some changing in this organization. And, you know, I'm really looking to take this to the next level. I mean, we've got some serious concerns here locally. And it takes a serious conversation about really implementing things in our organization to make that happen. And working alongside the amount of organizations that are trying to do similar things, maybe a little bit differently, but working with them to really kind of drive that desired change for this to be a place where we don't have to worry about the impacts of our water. We're not have to be concerned when we get into the beaches or we get into waters, what's in the water. So, you know, I take these things really seriously. So when I say build infrastructure in the organization, I mean it. I mean, we've, we've got a lot of work to do so that we can make sure we protect not only ourselves, but our children, Mike. You know, um, fundraising is a huge part of what nonprofits do. I'm sure it's a huge part of what you'll be working toward. Where do environmental issues fall in terms of the fundraising spectrum? It seems to me like um, they might be the most, I don't want to make this political, but bipartisan issue out there in terms of people in the community who know there's a problem and are willing to try to help support it. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, that's a that's a great question. I think that's a... It's a little loaded, but I appreciate it. Uh, no, I think what you're saying is exactly right. I mean, I, I, I have always thought water is a bipartisan issue. Um, I mean, it's the thing that drives our economy. I mean, every tourism industry can say, you know, when, when 2018 happened, I mean, food pantries had to drive their trucks out to Fort Myers Beach. I mean, that should be a big flag for our community. I mean, I remember sitting there thinking about that going, wow, that's a big deal. So when it comes to fundraising, I mean, I, I, I tend to agree with you. I think this is an issue that doesn't matter where you stand on the political aisle. This is an issue that specifically stands to all of us, which, you know, we all want our, we, if you're a boater, you want to be on the water. That matters. If you're somebody who likes to swim and fish, you want to be on the water. It matters. If you are own a small business, you know, you've got people coming from out of state to come down here. It matters because they're not going to come if we don't have clean water or we're not working on these issues. So I tend to agree with you on that. And, it, and additionally, I would say, Mike, I think, you know, when it comes to fundraising, I think we've, you know, we got to get out of that mold of thinking that we're just fundraising for the water or we're fundraising for the environment, which we are, by the way. And it's hugely important because it impacts so much. 
our water impacts not just the water in front of us. Again, the economy, our health, Mike. I mean, we have to be very careful about what is in our water. And that's why we've been pushing and working towards, you know, the right to know what's in your water. And that's why we push a lot of this advocacy work of making sure people know these things because it is important. So fundraising to me, we're not just fundraising for one specific issue because there's so many synergies between all of the work that we do in this community. How big is the existing team at Calusa Waterkeeper, not including volunteers? Right now we have three paid staff members. And how many volunteers roughly? So uh, that's a little bit harder of an answer, but I will tell you that we have 10 board members um, currently who are working very um, tirelessly. Um, so we've got about 10 of those that are complete volunteers. And then we have a almost 70 person ranger program that is um, that is tied into doing some testing um, within and around our, our, our tidal basin and our range. So, I mean, you know, depending who's active and not active, I mean, there's a, there's a good number of people who are doing that. I don't have the actual number of ones that are participating, but I can say that, you know, on our list, we probably have roughly around 80 or so. So last question, if you are able to succeed in your vision to grow the organization's reach and capacity, how many more um, paid staffers could you imagine? Are there sort of roles identified that you would love to fill? Yeah, there's, there's several, Mike. That's, that's a great question. Yeah. I, the goal really is to to take this one step at a time um, from an organizational standpoint. So right now I'm doing kind of a, a good look of where we where we're really looking and we have some deficiencies and trying to get some more staff. Um, but I see a, a much larger organization in the in the near future, and we are going to set some very audacious and bold goals um, to get there when it comes from a fundraising standpoint. And that's going to be diversifying within where we get our funds from, and it's going to be thinking a little bit differently, creating partnerships. And, and again, when we're successful, the entire community is successful. Then other nonprofits are successful. So I don't have a number right now. Um, and, and that's not because I'm not looking at it from a number standpoint. I'm looking at it from a holistic standpoint. Um, and as things change within our water quality, as well as our community changes, I think that number might kind of go up and down. But I'll tell you this much, we're looking for a much bigger um uh, a much bigger bigger drive of our desired outcomes. All right. I want to thank our guest. Trisha Boddy is the new executive director of Calusa Waterkeeper. Trisha, thank you for taking some time to talk with me about your new role. Yeah, thanks, Mike. Really appreciate the time. Thanks also to our earlier guest, Florida Gulf Coast University Associate Professor of History, Dr. Elizabeth Bolden. If you missed any of today's show, you can always hear episodes in their entirety on our website, wgcu.org gcl, or wherever you get your podcasts. Our show today was produced by Tara Calligan and myself. Our director is Richard Chinqui. For now, thank you for listening. I'm Mike Canary. This is NPR for Southwest Florida, 90.1 WGCU-FM, Fort Myers, Naples, and Punta Gorda, and 91. Point seven WMKO Marco Island, a member-supported service of Florida Gulf Coast University.